0: so much more. I'm Jody Nisnik. This is a podcast designed to help you create space for God. Jesus in some of his last words found in John 16, 12 stated, there is so much more. I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, we're continuing in our eight-part series on the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. This series coincides with the Bible study Trust, a study of Joseph for persevering through life's challenges. So if you're wanting to go deeper in the life of Joseph, I do recommend that you grab that study. But as always, these podcasts stand on their own. And today, I am so excited that I have Rebecca Carroll with me as we have a conversation around Genesis 45 and 46 and what the Lord is teaching her. So Rebecca is a former radio host. She is a podcaster and she is a Bible teacher. Welcome, Rebecca. I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thank you so much. I'm honored to be on your show, Jody. And congratulations, by the way, um, on your latest Bible study. I know that is a tremendous feat, so way to go.
0: Thank you so much. You're so sweet. Well, hey, I gave a little bit of details about you, but why don't you tell us a little more about yourself?
1: Sure. So golly, where do I start? Um, I, I'll, I'll start with work just because I think that's how most people know me. So I've been a radio host in the Dallas-Fort Worth area since 1998 and just, just had my last day uh, in morning radio. So I have retired from radio. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but it opens up so much more space for me to do new things. And one of those new things that I'm doing is uh, I'm going to knock out my master's faster than originally planned, go down the doctorate path, Lord willing. And then I hope to uh, to be teaching at a, a seminary level within the next couple of years. So we'll see.
0: Well, that is amazing. I am excited for you. I know new seasons and big changes like this are disruptive, but they're also so exciting. And um, as my husband keeps reminding me, they are the opportunity for creativity and growth to just flourish in our lives when we step out in faith and do something new. So yay for that for you too.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, I want to do a quick reminder about the passage that we're in before we dive into our conversation and where the Lord led you. So at this point in the story, Joseph has revealed his true identity to his brothers. And then he sent them back to go get his father, who is called both Israel and Jacob in this passage. And he brings him and the entire family back to Egypt. This is also the passage where it's the first time that Jacob hears that Joseph, who he has thought dead for nearly 22 years, is alive. So we can only imagine what's going on for all of them in their hearts and mind. So I'm going to read the passage for us. It's Genesis 45, verse 25 through 46, verse 5. So the brothers went out of Egypt and came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to him, and when they saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I'm convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. So Israel set out with all that was his. And when he reached Beersheba, he offered sacrifices to the God of his father, Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob, here I am. He replied, I am God, the God of your father. He said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt for I will make you into a great nation there. I will go down to Egypt with you. And I will surely bring you back again, and Joseph's own hand will close your eyes. Then Jacob left Beersheba, and Israel's sons took their father Jacob and their children and their wives in the carts that Pharaoh had sent to transport him. Okay, so we did this passage as a lectio, asking the Lord to draw our attention to a particular word or phrase. So, Rebecca, where did the Lord draw your attention?
1: first of all, I pulled so much from this passage. I loved, I loved the process that you walk us through of listening to it repetitively and then reading it. And the the thing that popped for me most was verse four, when God said, I will go down to Egypt with you and I will surely bring you back again. And one of the reasons that popped for me is because Um, Moses, you know, uh, we would argue that Moses wrote the book of Genesis and the people who were listening to him had just come out of the Egyptian pantheon and there were so many gods, but even, uh, even Isaac and uh, Jacob were coming from Canaan, which was a land of many, many, many gods. And the interesting thing about their beliefs is that their gods were regional. And so Baal of Canaan would not would not go to Egypt because he was, you know, he was bound to his region. But here we're seeing just another, it's like another little stab at the, um, at the notion of a large pantheon where God is saying, I will go with you. The gods of your region can't go with you, but I will go with you. And not only that, but I will be with you even until he passes and goes to his fathers and Joseph himself closes his eyes. And so I thought that was such a beautiful foreshadowing of Jesus right before the ascension when he says, lo, I will be with you always, even Mm. to the end of the age. I mean, there's just like, there's so much Jesus in this story. And so that's what I, I pulled from this, that the God of Genesis is the God of the gospel of John and the God of the book of revelation. He is the God who is with us always.
0: I love that you pulled that out. That is so, um, deep and insightful. The fact that God, the one true God is, is coming down and meeting Jacob in this very intimate way and saying to him, you think you're leaving everything and you're actually not because I'm going with you and I will be with you. And um, that's such, oh gosh, I'm so glad you brought that out. I love that. I love um, that too. So let's go a little deeper and tell me about kind of the next step as you were processing you know, the Lord is drawing your attention to this and you have the benefit of actually being in seminary right now and having a depth of biblical knowledge that a lot of people just don't have kind of at the front of their mind, which is why the Lord brought you there. And it's actually, I want to point out too, it's another reason why I think it's so important when you do a process like this to understand the context of scripture, um, because it helps us, stay within the bounds of what God's word is really trying to teach us. So um, that's a little bit of an aside. So, but you knew that um, and thank you for teaching us that. And then tell me, what did the Lord show you personally about that?
1: So as As you just referenced, we always read scripture in in its proper context. And as you do such a good job of teaching your listeners, you know, we're looking at what surrounds the verse so that we can pull the full meaning from it. So we're not only looking at, you know, Genesis um, 46, verse four, we're looking at Genesis 46 and 45 and the whole book. And then we're looking at that within the context of the entire Bible. One of the things that I that I pulled from this just on a a little bit more of a a personal reflection as well is that this is a, a a big journey for uh, Jacob and his family and the brothers and God is, it's very reminiscent of what um, Jacob's father's father, Abraham had gone through, you know, essentially he's being called to um, take his people and go and in you already covered this lesson but in chapter um, 45 verse 20 he even tells them never mind about your belongings because the best mm-hmm. of all Egypt will be yours and I love that because there's a lot of times in life and Jody you even referenced this you know we chatted about this just a second ago where God has called me to anything and I I feel this sense of when God, calls us to something new or to something. I believe that we're supposed to just like the patriarchs in scripture, get up and go and not worry about dragging a whole lot of things from our past with us. But we can't really allow God to do the new thing he has for us. If we're dragging those old God's with us, you know, the Baal and the Marduk, I don't know for certain that I'm pronouncing those names correctly, but those gods can't go with Jacob. You know, um, our old dreams can't always go with us into a new thing. And especially when we're going to answer the call to Christ, it's to take up our cross and follow. It's not to take up our cross and our cart and our mule and our baggage, it's to take up our cross and follow. So even um, Even just that little nugget on the journey really spoke to me, um, first of all, in its continuity with the rest of scripture, but also to me where I am personally right now, this is a word for me Mm -hmm. that I have left one thing behind and have started something new. And I don't think God wants me dragging, you know, a whole lot of suitcases behind me.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we're not obviously worshiping other gods hopefully I said, obviously, but (laughs) I think, you know, most people listening to this podcast believe that there is only one true God. So we're, but the false gods that we tend to drag along with us are things that we think are going to make us feel better, give us security, comfort us. And when we are, you know, and that's what those false gods were doing in those little, in those regions is that they were providing some sort of It was also their false God. So it was false protection and false security and false comfort. Um, And so, you know, as you're talking about moving into another season and having to leave behind, um, that can be really hard um, because I think we already talked about this. It's disorienting um, to have to step into something completely new and let God do the new thing. Um, So so you yeah, go ahead.
1: Even for Jacob, if you think about it, I mean, he was well-established in Canaan, So he was leaving behind a name, a reputation. He was probably, I mean, he was very wealthy. So he was leaving behind all the security. God said, you know, Pharaoh said, don't take your possessions. Trust that I have new and better things for you. I mean, the, the call was a hard call. It was a joyful call because he got to go and see his, you know, quote unquote, resurrected son for lack of, you know, I mean, just to right. highlight the analogy, um, the foreshadowing of Jesus, but it was still to follow his son so that he could see his son that had been given back to him. It was still leaving behind a whole lot. And so I, I don't know, but I'll those things think...
0: were not going to serve him anymore. Right. Because if right. they stayed, they would die. Yes. So if he, if he tried to cling to, oh no, but people know who I am in this region. And he would physically die. And I think when we cling to the past, to the glory days, (laughs) to whatever it is that we're trying, that we wish we could go back to, that's actually going to slowly eat away at us where we kind of start to die mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, So yeah, that's a really great.
1: Yeah. Those, those things that we cling to, because we think from them, we had security. I think if we cling to them too hard, God's going to allow us to learn the hard way that, Hey, that's not where your security comes from. You know, the name you had among them, among them, that's not your true name. Your true name is the name I give you and you're my
0: child. So tell me about what else kind of the Lord led you to in this passage. Cause you, you did mention that there were yeah. so many things and there are, and that's one of the things I love about God's word, just that there are so many things we can start mining out of these passages.
1: So, uh, I I've hinted or alluded to the biggest one, and that is, we have a father who is about to be, uh, given his son back. And so there's just, when I say there's Jesus all over this passage, um, I also think that it is foreshadowing the way it should go when the Jews get word that their Messiah has come. So um, to pick it up in verse 26, they told him Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all of Egypt. So later on in scripture, we've got a group of disciples that's going to be here Jesus is still alive. And the insinuation is he is ruler of all the cosmos. Um, Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. At first, Peter and the disciples were stunned. They did not believe them. They took off running toward the cave. And then uh, verse 27, but when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father, Jacob revived. Okay. This one almost brings me to tears. So the women go back to the disciples, tell him everything Jesus had said to them, just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus go back and tell them everything Jesus had said to him to him. And we also know that uh, Jesus comes back with spiritual gifts. You know, the indwelling of the Holy spirit leads to spiritual gifts um, and then it says the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. And that word revived means comes back to life. And what are we if not made alive when the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit of God himself dwells within us? And so, I, I mean, there is some serious Christology in this passage. And then Israel said, it doesn't say Jacob. It, said, it says, and Israel said, I am convinced my son, Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. And of course, that's the hope that all Israel will come to know and believe in their Messiah. And, and I, this just feels like a little roadmap of the way things are going to go when, when Jesus comes. Am I, am I like, um, no.
0: I think you're doing awesome. I think I love how you're pulling out and making all of the parallels. I, um, you know, and, and Abraham, even the Abrahamic covenant is that it's for the whole world. So Israel, um, you know, and it's interesting because the, these passages in Genesis toggle back and forth between Jacob and Israel, Jacob and Israel, Jacob and Israel. And it can be confusing to us on the surface And, and really what I think scripture is trying to do is remind us that Jacob is a man, but he represents a nation. Don't forget who he represents. And Abraham then tells us much earlier in Genesis that, that Jesus is coming actually for everyone, for the whole world. So it it even gets bigger than just the nation of Israel.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, I love, I love that you're pointing so much to Jesus. I mean. All of well, scripture, every word of scripture points us ultimately back to Jesus right? Um, when and, read and, rightly.
1: And you're, you know, you're a Bible teacher. And, and, um, one of the things when I'm teaching scripture, uh, to women, as I always tell them, you know, to understand a verse, you have to look at the paragraph to understand the paragraph. You have to look at the chapter to understand the chapter. You have to look at the book to understand the book. You have to look at the Bible and to understand the Bible. You have to look at Jesus, mm. you, it. And and so even the book of Genesis, because we are on this side of the cross and because we have the written word of God, even the book of Genesis should be run through the filter of what does this teach me about God? How does this point me to Jesus? And mm-hmm. so I think that the book of Genesis, a lot of people have called um, the book of Genesis, like the seed plot of the entire Bible. And I just believe that so wholeheartedly that in the, the Genesis narrative, we see the seeds planted of everything that comes to fruition in the old Testament. And then in Christ Mm -hmm. in the new
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so good. So tell me, is there anything that surprised you about doing this process with the Lord or even just kind of where he led you? I mean, he led you really into some deep things, but was there anything really surprising about all of that?
1: the Christology of it, like all of the signposts to Christ, because I like probably the majority of your listeners right now, as you're listening to this, you like me, have probably read Genesis a million times. You've heard it preached 2 million times. Um, maybe you've read commentaries on it, but the, the beautiful thing about the process that Jody walks us through is that this is an interactive process with us and the Holy spirit. And in my experience, Um, It doesn't necessarily happen right away, and it doesn't necessarily happen every single time, but I can say more often than not, when I slow down and allow the words of scripture to wash over me, uh, when I read it in a couple different translations and listen to it in a couple different translations, and I really put the time in, that is never a fruitless exercise for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And that's one of my heartbeats with even doing these practices and the podcast is really that it would help us lift our head and see, you know, where God led you, Rebecca is different than where he led me. Um, and even I'm thinking about how I wrote this particular lesson for the Bible study that, um, goes along with this. I didn't go down that Christology wrote. I went a lot more. I stuck a lot more with, um, Jacob as the person and kind of what he, I'm sorry, Joseph as the person and what he's experiencing. Um, but there are so many rich illusions. We're never done. We are never done plumbing the depths of God's word. It's just, and that's why you can read things over and over again, and they become fresh and new. I read a passage this morning in the gospels that I have read many, many times. And God showed me something totally new because I needed to hear that.
1: Ooh, can so, you tell us which one? That's a big juicy tease. That's a big no,
0: fat worm. To it put is. On a hook. We're going we're to go down a totally different route, but it's um, in the gospel of John when he, uh, Jesus is walking along and he comes along to the man who is sitting by the pool of Bethesda, And he says, do you want to be well? and his and that man's response to him isn't yes you're here finally i want to be well his response is yeah but every time the water's stirred somebody else gets in ahead of me and i just sat there and i thought okay what is his response and and there were two things that came to me and the first is The fear of speaking our dreams out loud, because what if we're not going to actually have those things come to fruition? Like, Mm -hmm. was he afraid to say, yes, I want to be well only to have his, his deepest desire, you know, obliterated one more time. And then the second thing he did is he, he pointed other people and he compared, but there, they went first, they got there before me. So there's not enough space for me. Um, and so I just feel like the Lord was like unpacking all of this stuff about wow. excuses I potentially make. And so anyway,
1: Oh, that's, that's beautiful. That's a
0: whole other <laughs> tangent and that's, a, but it's
1: a good word.
0: Yeah. A, maybe perhaps even a, a bad paraphrase of that passage. So forgive me if I didn't get it exactly right, but you know, that's, that's the thing is I've read that passage many, many times and God had something very specific for me for where I'm at in this season of my life. And so, yeah, I would just encourage you, if you're listening, keep coming back for more, keep coming and creating space for God to speak to you through his word, because like you said, it is always worth it. Yeah. When he teaches you something, it's always just a, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so satisfying,
1: like what I love about what you're doing is one of the things that we can run into when, um, we get uh, really involved in Bible study, uh, and Jody's studies do not do this, but one of the things that I have seen happen in my own heart before is I just get used to being fed, mm. you know, it's like, I just, I, I just, I, I don't want to take the time to do it myself. I want to hear what Beth Moore has to say. I want to hear what Priscilla Shire has to say. I want to hear what so-and-so has to say but God has a word for you that he's holding on to, mm-hmm. that he's not going to give to Jody. He's not going to give it to me. He's not going to give it to your pastor. He's not going to give it to more. He's going to give it to you. And he's waiting on you to sit okay. down and go through this process of listening to the word and then mm-hmm. reading the word and then taking time in his word and and we do this with our other relationships, you know, how much more important is it that we carve out to the space to hear how much more God has for us? Because when it comes from the pages of scripture to our heart, it's when we allow God to speak directly to us and not through someone else. Oh my goodness. That, that takes my breath away. And that's what keeps me going back for more and more and more.
0: Yep. And those are the deep nuggets that God teaches us with and, and transforms us with, which is what he says he does in his word. So Rebecca, I'm curious. We, we started walking down this road about just the depth, um, and the importance of God's word in our lives. Tell me a little bit about what does that rhythm look like for you in your life? How do you make sure you create space to have that?
1: You know, that is one of the reasons why I wanted to step down from radio because I am someone who I I need time. Like I need time with the Lord because he's got a lot of mess to work with, with me. Like there's, (laughs) my head is a hard place to live. And so I like to have an hour to two hours in the morning before anyone else is up where I can um, journal. And I always journal first so that I can pour out all the muck so I can clear out all the junk that's weighing me down and I can just put it in front of the Lord. And so many times just in the process of writing it out, the Lord ministers to me. And, mm-hmm. and so as I'm writing out my, my issues. I also am writing out things he's impressing on me, and usually it's scripture. You know, I'll write how I'm so worried about something, and then he'll take me to Matthew six. Just in my mind, we'll seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. And I, I don't take that to mean you'll be given every material thing that you want, but I do take that to mean if we put God first and seek His kingdom over ours, then God has a way of just working things out. Um, and so that's process number one is the, the journaling and the listening. And then um, the second part of that is daily scripture reading. And because I'm human, just like you, and because I cannot seven days a week, always, you know, do this. If I can't read the word, I try to listen to it. And I've found that um, for me, that's not a substitution for reading it, but it's a great add on Mm. because we listen differently than we read. And so that that was actually part of the reason I wanted to step down from radio was to have that space again in the morning, because when you get up at three thirty, you're just not going to get up at two thirty. (laughs) 30. you're
0: just, why not just don't go to know, bed. I don't know that I love anybody
1: that much. Totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding.
0: But, yes, but it's,
1: you are. yeah, it's just, um, it, I'm, I'm really grateful to have that space back mm-hmm. where I can dwell more intentionally with the Lord.
0: Yeah. Well, so that kind of leads me into our, our last little segment. I just had some quick little questions for you to help us get to know you. And one of the things that I was going to ask is what's one thing you will not miss about working in radio?
1: Okay, so try getting up at three thirty in the morning every day and going to bed at eight o'clock every night. <laughs>
0: that's, I was going to ask, okay, that was the next question. What time do you go to bed?
1: <laughs> oh, eight o'clock well, that's what I would always aim for. It never happens yeah. when you have two teenagers. you don't go to bed at eight o'clock.
0: yeah, that's uh, and I can imagine it just gets harder and harder uh what what was one of your favorite things about working in radio
1: at k c b i it was the listeners I mm-hmm. really. Um, I, I loved knowing that um, I was riding in someone's car with them. Mm -hmm. And I loved knowing that, you know, this feeling of God has given me something that I just have to share it. I loved having a place to share those things. Um, So definitely at KCBI, it was the listeners uh, before I was in Christian music. I was in country and I will tell you, I love country music. And so when I was in country music, it was definitely meeting the artists and going to the concerts.
0: <laughs> oh, that's super fun.
1: Well, yeah. We won't
0: we won't make you name drop too much, but I, I was just thinking, you know what? I'm going to miss hearing you on my, pop up on my little radio as Aww. I'm driving around in the morning.
1: Thank you uh, for that.
0: Yeah, I really am. It, it was always fun. I was like, oh, there's my friend. I <laughs> hear her on the radio. She's amazing. Um, okay, Aww. well, you haven't been my friend for very long, so it was only recently that I thought that. But feels like um, forever. <laughs> it does we? Well, Jody's yes. the kind
1: of person when you meet her, you feel like you've known her for a very long time. Oh, you just have to. that familiarity about you, and this way of making people feel comfortable. So I feel like I've known you for a lot
0: longer. Well, thanks. Me too. Well, Rebecca, tell people where they can find you since we can't flip on the radio station anymore to hear you. Where can we find you now? I know that's so
1: weird. Uh, So I would love to get to know you on social media, my friends. Um, Rebecca Ashbrook Carroll and Carroll is spelled C-A-R-R-E-L-L. And then I also have a website that's RebeccaCarroll.com. So um, yes, you haven't heard the last of me still podcasting. And you know, I mean, maybe God will bring me back to radio someday. I I don't see it happening now, but, um, I have learned to never say never. So
0: amen to that. Well, amen. I will put some links in our show notes to, uh, your, uh, web and also your Instagram account. So, well, I want to invite you to join me next week as we explore Genesis 50 Kay Daigle will be with me. And so you don't want to miss that. Um, and that'll be the last of our series in the life of Joseph. So stay tuned for what's coming next. And until then, thank you for joining me on So Much More, where Jesus has so much more to say to us, and we are creating space to listen. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations
1: at abide.com.